Welcome to The Ether. Today's Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command. Have you heard of TDX? Listen, Orbital Command is putting together the TerraDAP Expo on June 9th and 10th in Austin, Texas. Not Boston. I know, that's what I thought. Austin. Austin, Texas. Come get doxed IRL and share merriments with all of your favorite fellow lunatics and lunatics. For more information, go to TerraDapExpo.com or hit the menu item on the site right here on TerraSpaces.org. And as always, be sure to check out Orbital Command online at OrbitalCommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, it's the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Dystope AI. Let's take a listen. All right, so here we are at 1 p.m. on Thursday. That is AEST. That is where I currently reside in Queensland, sunny Queensland. Dr. Doscoin coming at you today, speaking with Dystope AI and with my good man, Edwin D. Monroy, behind the scenes on the Orbital Command account. Um, what we'll do, we'll give a moment for some people to rock in, as per usual. I'm just going to share this on a couple of places as well so that we can make sure we get lots of people on to hear all the epic alpha that will be coming out today from our friends at Dystope AI. And I can see that they've been made speakers. Let's just check in with them. Can you hear me loud and clear, Dystope AI? Loud and clear, Doctor. Uh, You've got Uncle Davo here and Mikachu. Uh, I've travelled up uh, from Melbourne to Sydney. So uh, being together as a team live uh, for the next few weeks. That's fantastic because usually Mikachu's over in NZ, yeah? So he's in Sydney together with Rosie uh, and I'm the one in Melbourne, uh, but I've, I've decided to fly up um, to Sydney. Yeah. So, hey, good to see you again. Yes. Um, yeah, we're all together in Sydney just going hard um, for the last couple of weeks of pulling everything together before we met the Defenders. Certainly. Yeah, you guys have been very busy from what I can tell and – I'm looking forward to you know, diving deep today into everything Defenders related. Is there anyone else that you need to get on this call before we you know, uh, go any further, anything like that? No, all good to go. Really keen to chat. That is fantastic. So, look, we just to set the stage here, we had a chat. It would have been probably like a month and a half ago now, I'd imagine. Um, I could be wrong, could be longer. Time is a bit of a blur to me at the moment with all the preparation of the Teradap Expo. But... I left that conversation feeling uber bullish uh, on on Dystope AI and I went straight to uh, the marketplace and bought myself a couple. And um, now seeing what you're doing with Defenders has very much piqued my curiosity. So for let's just do a real quick recap. For anyone who might not already know Dystope AI, what's the quick recap of what you do before we go into what's coming up next? Absolutely. And I think you're right. It was about five, six weeks now uh, that we first chatted and were hinting at what we've been building behind the scenes, but only went public with it a few weeks ago. 
Uh, so yeah, you're right. So uh, Dystope AI in a nutshell uh, is a collection and a universe we've be, be, been building through the use of AI. So we take uh, law from a rich story we've created about the moon disappearing and creating five different regions uh, in an ap apocalyptic world. And so what we do with Dystope AI is explore the story together as a community, doing comics, and then also offer our holders unique utility through monthly morphs where they can generate uh, videos, they can morph their existing NFTs or images or create things from scratch, all using the same AI we use to generate our Genesis collection. So we launched that Genesis collection uh, January 20 on Luart uh, and have since, you know, seen a lot of success with that collection, trading at, you know, almost 10x mint price uh, and, you know, have a really, really active and engaged community. And uh, through our comics, uh, we've been hinting for a long time and have been working for a long time at the characters that feature in the universe, and those are the defenders. Love it. Love planting the seeds along the way there. And so I'll just check in as well regarding the community. You know, you said you've got the comic uh, that's been happening. Tell us a bit about the comic and tell us a bit about the community within uh, the Discord and the activity that's going on there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So with the comics um, and sort of to set the scene, in our Genesis collection, we had different traits. So we had five regions, uh, but then we also had different timelines running through and showing the fall of the world into the apocalypse. And so what we did with the comics is actually used NFTs from our collection because they're landscapes from our universe and sort of actually told the story of the lore that we used to create them. So showing how the moon disappeared, how humanity first reacted, uh, you know, how the factions were created and the tensions between the factions and what actually led to the defenders coming about. So the way the comics worked was, you know, we used those existing NFTs, but it was all AI generated in the sense that our community could write the final panel of each comic. Um, so just with text, and we would use our AI to create that panel um, so of one winner. So we would have voting for some of them. Uh, we would have a panel to, to select winners for the rest. So, you know, it was really the community shaping the law. Um, and so we got just a bunch of really, really great submissions. Um, you know, Arlene, who's here on the call, like won one of these submissions. We gave out some great prizes. But then, yeah, like... The Defenders was something we had planned even before we launched um, on Lua with our Genesis collection. So it was sort of showing the level of detail we had thought through and had implemented in our, in our NFT collection um, and, you know, showed how it was that the Defenders actually come down to earth and, and try and save the apocalypse. Amazing. And it's good to have uh, some of the contributors here on the call with us now. The, <clears throat> there's an AR competition, okay? So I'm scrolling through. I can see the AR competition uh, has just finished, I'd imagine, 20th April UTC. That's just finished, yeah? Yeah, it has indeed. Okay, fantastic. And what was the situation with the AR competition? What did that entail and uh, what was the uptake like? 
Great, great question, and super excited to talk about this one. So, with um, with, from Dystopia from the beginning, we've been excited about bringing cool tech innovation to NFTs and making sure that we're on the bleeding edge of um, bringing together different bits of innovation. Um, with the defenders, we've been taking that to the next step with integrating our AI art stuff with the cutting edge and three D modeling and metaverse compatibility. Um, Something that I've just always loved is cool kind of AR and VR stuff. Um, and we realized there's like a super cool opportunity to uh, not just see how the defenders play in the um, dystopia AI universe, but in our own universe. And so we've, we decided that we would um, put in the development and work to ensure that every single defender of dystopia AI will be fully AR compatible. Um, and that's everybody's unique model. So if you if you meant a defender, your actual defender will be um, AR compatible. And to kind of celebrate that and announce that, we ran our AR competition, um, which is the one that's just finished. So the way the way the competition worked is that there are four kind of prototype defenders that you can put into AR today, and those are still available on our website to play with. And there might be a more competitions coming up. You never know. Um, but the main competition we we ran it was just um, show us the prototype defenders in the world um somewhere where you live somewhere cool and the competition was just to find the coolest spots the engagement's been great like we've had well over 100 entries i think um and just some totally incredible things like someone made a kind of crazy little story trailer thing that's absolutely hilarious um someone um has one on mont blanc um and tons of other crazy stuff if you scroll through the twitter yeah i'm literally scrolling through it at the moment as you're just having a look through these just real quickly. These look awesome. These defenders look that ass. So glad, so glad to hear you say that. We've uh, we worked on these for a long, long time, from concepts through to um, <laughs> the style and how to get the AI stuff to like actually look good. Because we we uh, we're kind of sci-fi nerds and came came at it from the whole like story side, and so like getting it to like make sense with our story and then also look good like has been so much work. So um, so great to hear you say you like it. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of when I was younger. I don't know if you guys remember a TV show called Cheese TV. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. So Mikachu and Rosie are from New Zealand, so they're not familiar. But yeah, absolutely, no Cheese TV. So they used, to, and I'd imagine based on our, you know, based on the conversation and all that, I think we're probably from the same era. But there used to be a show years ago on Cheese TV called Techno Man. And it was a, it was a wicked little manga, manga cartoon, and it kind of gives me, and I used to love it. It reminds me a little bit of that, but just kind of more modernized because obviously we're, we're talking about AR here. So I don't know if you're familiar with Techno Man. We are familiar with Techno Man. And yeah, we've pulled sort of inspiration from a variety of cool pop culture and sci-fi things. Um, and we haven't leaked this anywhere else, but a few of those defenders will have weapons. Uh, and so these rare defenders will have some cool uh, attachments to them, which are also AR compatible. So yeah, I mean, uh, we haven't shown any images, but yeah, that's that's first off, and um, it's our first announcement, and we're super super excited. So definitely, with those weapons, we'll have that techno man <laughs> vibe. Yeah, I I've never seen this, that. I've never seen this techno man thing in my life, but I can confirm that I've just just googling it, and some of these sorts he's got. Uh, you know, just uh, keep an eye out for upcoming announcements. <laughs> So what's what's the plan when you we're talking about the weapons here? Let's just talk about how they're going to be like 
what are you envisaging here? What's what's the vision? When once we start, we have the mint that's coming up. I think on the eighth, which we can go into that in a moment. But you know, when you're thinking about what comes next with weapons and things of that nature, like what do you see? What do you see happening for the defenders over the coming months, years? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the mint really is just the starting point. Um, we've put the hard yards in to show what is technically possible with the defenders. So AR. Um, there was just a game trailer that was released from another project showing our defenders actually in the game. Um, so we've put a lot of effort into making sure that the 3D models we're using are AAA, ripe and ready for games, metaverses, and really have intricate details in them. So, you know, years down the line, they can be used in, you know, games, they can be used in metaverses um, as people see fit. So, what we're really excited about, especially over the next few months to a year, is exploring the way that we can make 3D models really accessible to people. We sort of did that with AI, um, with Dystope AI and our Genesis collection, being the first project on Terra to use AI to you know, morph NFTs and to create art and you know, even to do comics. But what we're excited about now is to bring that same accessibility to the bleeding edge of 3D. Um, models. So we're allowing people to use AI again, but this time map um, on their AI art and their creations onto the Defender, which means that these models that people are getting are customizable. Like you can put your own flair on it. So, I mean, it's it's crazy for, for AR, it's crazy for metaverses, it's crazy for whatever you create, especially because the commercial rights go with holders. So you're customizing something that you truly own. Uh, and that you own, uh, and you know that you can build really crazy things with. So we're focusing right now on that foundational layer of technology, and are setting up partnerships uh, with some great projects and and protocols and and sort of metaverses as well, to make sure that our defenders are able to go um, everywhere. So with Lunaverse, for example, we're striking up a partnership as we saw with lunatic clubhouse, there's now a game and already a game trailer featuring our defenders. And so it's really that sort of, um, using our skills in networking and technology as well, uh, to make sure that these defenders are really able to capture the dystope AI brand we're building. So it's a longer term play. We're using the defenders to sort of spread our reach and, um, you know, get people really excited uh, and then enable people to interact um, with these, you know, things like metaverses and games um, in a really easy to use accessible way. I think there are a lot of projects that commit to building a play to earn game or commit to building their own metaverse. Um, but I think the future as we see it is, uh, you know, a few different metaverses uh, lots of different play-to-own games, and we want to focus on interoperability and compatibility um, and doing it in a really different way with customization of NFTs as well. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that was actually going to be one of my next questions was around, you know, do you see this being, uh, you know, interoperable in the way that, think about Ready Player One, you know, that movie Ready Player One? Absolutely, big fans. Yeah, so obviously you've got all these different characters uh, all these different avatars which aren't specific to like one location that are all in this kind of melting pot of uh, AR cosmic soup. I don't know what you like how to describe it, but is this what you're imagining when you're talking about 
defenders right now. That's what you're imagining is like people will have or in the future be able to like inhabit uh, their defender and, you know, run around a particular metaverse. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when thinking about it, like as we set up um, our product vision, we wanted to make sure they were as interoperable as possible. So already we're working with, you know, for example, Luniverse to make sure that Defenders holders have premium uh, exclusive rights there and are fully integrated into the Luniverse metaverse. But I think, you know, you can't limit yourself to just one chain. I think we all love Terra. We all love um, Terra NFTs. But the fact is, like, we need to think about other chains and what other people are building elsewhere and some of the positives of other chains as well. And so we want to make it so that defenders can be used um, almost everywhere. Like, we're building out these 3D models and spending a lot of time, a lot more time than any other um, NFT collection to make sure that they're interoperable um, so that people can use them as they please and, and you know, they can customize them and still have them be interoperable. So I think, yeah, that's what we're really focusing on, um, setting it up um, for our holders in that way. And yeah, I suppose just really using this as a way to um, spread the word about Terra NFTs. Like soon we'll have these defenders popping up in metaverses and other experiences across blockchains. And people will wonder like what these are, you know, how people are customizing them, why they look so different. Um, and I think it'll bring people not just to our project, but to Terra NFTs in general and to, to the Terra ecosystem in general, which is what we're really excited about. Certainly. And I'd be curious to know, like, Obviously, metaverses and NFTs, they've been the hot word of, of 2021 and, of course, it's still bleeding into 2022 here. And I, I personally feel like there is a very mm, basic understanding from most people about what they are. You know, for example, NFTs, many people would just think that they're just expensive JPEGs, um, not understanding the program, programmability um, with them. And then when we're talking about these, you know, defenders, for example, you're talking about uh, commercial rights, IP things of that nature, like how far off are we, in your opinion, how far off are we from seeing this become actually immersive? Because conceptually, some people get it. Some people are starting to say, like, okay, cool, the metaverse is being built out. Um, but at this point, you know, their characters on our screens, their characters on our phones, uh, much in the same way that it was Im like – amazing when Pokemon Go came out. Remember Pokemon Go came out and it was like, oh, I can walk around the world and catch Pokemon. And that was really quite novel. Now it's like, okay, cool. We've moved on a fair bit from there. How long is it before we get this to this place of like immersive uh, experience within something like the Lunaverse with our, with our defenders? And how could we put those commercial rights to use? Yeah, that is a Super interesting question that I think speaks to some some big questions about trends, not just in NFTs and blockchain, but the tech industry more generally. So a couple of quick thoughts. First, we're building the defenders to be ready for whatever the future ends up looking like, because we don't think it's actually clear right now who's going to win in the metaverse space, how these technologies are going to work, and kind of what worlds we'll be inhabiting. Um, and so 
kind of whatever the answer to this question is, um, defenders are going to be built to be ready and we'll be looking to strike the partnerships um, to ensure that our holders can live on the cutting edge and um, engage in whatever is, whatever is the best option. But the second thing I want to talk about is just that the word metaverse, right, is not even that defined yet. So, like, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook have uh, renamed themselves to Meta and have given a pretty clear view of what they think Metaverse means. But I don't know that we have to accept that that's the only definition or where we're going to end up. So there are there are a ton of reasons to think that whatever vision of the Metaverse we get, whether it's virtual reality um, and it's kind of a hyper, hyper, we're talking about a hyper-immersive world, Ready Player One style that you kind of go into, whether it's more kind of augmented reality stuff that we integrate into our daily lives and maybe we end up with some glasses that can overlay pieces into a room that we're already in or something. Um, Whichever world we end up in there, there are going to be very different players who are going to succeed in building the worlds of metaverse technologies that we want to be using. And I think it's just too early to make a call on what that's going to be. Um, And there are super exciting projects happening in Luna and in blockchain generally, but they're possibly not going to be where the answer is. The answer on where metaverse technology lands is probably going to have to be from the trillion dollar big tech companies and which ones of their platforms succeed. And then it'll be kind of blockchain stuff that gets built on top of that, which solves where everything integrates into. It's a topic that I'm really fascinated by and I think it's going to be a huge thing over the next few years, um, which is why I've just kind of probably gone more into depth on the megatrend stuff in this answer than than you were looking for. But yeah, what's your take? How do you think the metaverse um, comes to be? Well, that's, I'm actually really into the megatrend stuff, to be honest. And so the, the example I give here is like VR technology has been around for as long as, you know, almost as long as I've been alive. Yep. And yet it's taken a few decades to get to the point of where it's now being used a lot more than it ever could have been, say, in the 90s. It just the technology existed. It just wasn't, mm, I guess, the infrastructure wasn't really there for it. And also, um, the, almost like a cultural priming. You know, at, at that point, people were still, I, I remember those days. I remember going out and riding my bike with friends. It's like kids differently technology from, from an earlier age. And so, it's, I think the transition into like the metaverse or into using VR technology or AR technology is going to become uh, much easier and probably much quicker as time goes on and in an exponential way. And so I don't think it's going to take, even though we've got the, the concept of metaverse is, you know, we're talking a couple of years now and really it's still quite nebulous, but I think, I don't think it's a few decades to get there. I think it's probably going to be much quicker. But I also don't think it's going to be as quick as a lot of people think it is. So this is where this is kind of that. There's like a balancing act here. But knowing what you just said about the big companies investing money, it's like you know I've seen McDonald's, uh, Adidas, Nike, these huge, huge businesses, these multinational companies are injecting phenomenal amounts of money into this, and they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't realise that it was going to be worth doing. Um, from a you know commercial standpoint and being able to from an economic standpoint, and so it's it seems inevitable inevitable to me that it is going to uh, really proliferate over the coming years. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm kind of like you. I'm just I'm as an observer, as a curious mind. 
I'm just interested to see how it manifests specifically. So I've been buying up different NFTs. Like, for example, I, I buy up a lot of um, things in the fluff world. And so I, I think that I love the idea of building out the IP, like the characters first, and then building the, the, the worlds around the characters rather than starting off with an empty world, which is what, you know, so Decentraland, um, Sandbox, both kind of did as like, cool, here's your world and just figure it out along the way. Whereas what seems like what you're doing and what projects like Wilder World and what you know, Fluff World are doing, it's like building interest in the character, the stories first, and then eventually once we realise what the technology is going to look like and be like and all that, then it's like, cool, now you can enter. So there's, there's my two cents on it. I don't know if that makes complete sense, but that's sort of what I'm thinking. Now, look, I think it makes complete sense both as a view of a kind of theory of um kind of understanding what's going to happen and a theory of where to invest right now like i think there are a couple of reasons what you're saying makes a ton of sense um uh, my view is very much that i think the reason why like we didn't get metaverses in the 90s is just that the technology wasn't there yet right and that it there, there is a huge cultural factor but that like cultural factors will catch up as the as our technology gets there and i agree that that's not we're not talking about decades we're talking about a pretty short time frame for when hyper um, immersive metaverse experiences are going to become totally normal um but yeah like it's it's about being ready for it being ready for whatever the future looks like making sure that our tech pipeline is flexible and that we'll be able to um play in wherever we want to play um and yeah, riding the wave. It's going to be very exciting stuff. Yeah, I, I'd actually like and get to what we've seen with DeFi as well. It's like certain things needed to happen for the new types of DeFi decentralized applications to exist. And so, for example, you know, you look at ThorChain, a multi-chain decentralized uh, DEX or decentralized exchange. It's like the idea yep. they had that idea back in 2018, but it couldn't be executed yet because the infrastructure wasn't there, and they just you know it wasn't possible. But now it is. That gets built out, and then it opens up the doors for what comes next. So it's just I think there's this increasing interest. We have incredibly bright minds entering the space. All these incredible like I, I speak to projects all the time, and I'm just blown away. Pretty much most conversations I have talking to people like yourselves who are really you know at the vanguard. They're pushing the barriers of what's possible, and it's like. Once that technology becomes normalized, you know, then there's a hyper normalization phase, and then that just becomes totally. old news, and something else is built on top of it. And this is, yeah, we are. It's an exponential uh, growth curve. So I think, um, I again, I said this last time we chatted. I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoy what you're doing as far as uh, AI uh, NFTs go. As far as integrating the AI component. Um, with the defenders, you know, do you have a specific, are they going to be teachable? Like, are you going to be able to teach them how to do things? Are they going to like self-learning wise? What are we looking at timeline there? <laughs> okay. Great question. Perfect to come back to this. I was, uh, I was actually just going to say um, on kind of on the, the metaverse stuff, one thing, one piece that we're thinking about with that is how we integrate the AI stuff and make sure that that's a, a real helpful product from day one. And also as we think about metaverses in the future. Um, so 
Uncle Davo started mentioning this a little bit earlier, but let me go into a bit more detail. Our leading AI functionality for the defenders is the morphed defenders utility. And what the morphed defenders utility will let holders do is use the Disturb AI AI technology to replace the AI art that is in the veins of the defenders. So the story of the defenders are that they are robots run by AI and that the way the AI shows itself is through AI art on the energy veins of the defenders. And that's the kind of colorful lit up piece um, veins that you see when you look at the models. Um, And so the first major use of AI for defenders are that our holders are going to be able to somewhat similarly to how the monthly morphs for the SERP AI work, um, put in a prompt and change that AI art to something of their choosing, um, which will change kind of not just the color scheme and stuff with the energy bands, but you'll be able to see the actual kind of AI patterns generated. Um, and what that'll mean is that you can actually have a, your own custom defender that has the same AI compatibility and metaverse compatibility of the original defender and, yeah, customize it do it if you want with it. So that's our first major use of AI. Um, As for uh, turning the defenders into being intelligent and self-learning, that sounds a little little terrifying and a little uh, beyond what I think is possible with the state of the art of AI today. But hey, we're going to be staying on the cutting edge. And if um, as we go to what artificial general intelligence, who knows how terrifying the defenders could be. It really, it really does feel that way, doesn't it? It really feels like it's exciting, but also it's like, are we, are we actually creating Terminator Two? <laughs> exactly. And so I don't, I don't know that we need to commit to the defenders being Terminator Two uh, upfront. Like I think uh, AI no. art and all the kind of heavy side of it, we'll, we'll stick with for now. Certainly. Um, but AI research is just such an exciting field. Like um, for me coming from the tech side, it's just so fun being at the cutting edge of it because every week there are new papers coming out with new ideas. Um, and every year we get new chips that mean you can make models that are twice or 10 times as big. And what that means is just that the cutting edge of what AI technology is able to accomplish is just expanding constantly faster than I ever imagined. Um, and it's just going to be crazy the things that AI solves for humanity over the next few years. 100%. And while you were talking then, I was just watching a video on the, uh, well, it's on the Disto AI Defenders uh, page, and it says here the – I'm just curious, is this actually – are these Defenders part of this? This is the Wasteland of Mars trailer partnering with uh, Skeleton Punks here. I'm just wondering what's the situation with this. The trailer looks amazing, by the way. But what's the situation with this um, Wastelands of Mars? Yeah, absolutely. So just as we said, we're really focusing on producing the highest quality 3D models that we can, doing everything on our side to make them interoperable, and then brokering relationships um, with people across ecosystems to feature them in games, metaverses, and things like that. So this is already like an example. Um, even pre-mint, we've got some in-game footage. So if you just go to our Twitter page for those watching, uh, we've retweeted a post by Lunatic Clubhouse where they've actually created a cinematic trailer featuring our defenders um, running around one of our regions. So that's the Wastelands of the West, uh, one of five regions um, in our law. Uh, they're facing off against uh, one of the Apex Predators a skeleton punk, uh, and you can see sort of footage of the defender running around 
uh, in-game footage of him uh, sort of racing around on a hovercraft as well, um, which is super exciting. Um, so we've spent a lot of time making sure all of our defenders are fully rigged up uh, for these 3D uh, games and experiences. And uh, yeah, we're working with the Lunatic Clubhouse team, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks, just, you know, on this trailer and showing off the defenders. So yeah, I guess to provide some more context onto what you actually saw, Lunatic Clubhouse uh, is looking to build a number of different things with their NFT project. uh, And that'll feature as well, I believe, some games. Uh, I'm not sure on the exact timelines, but yeah, because of our focus on interoperability, you can expect to see the defenders popping up in a bunch of places that um, you know aren't really open to other NFT projects. And I think as I'm watching this, I'm spotting are these are there little terabots in there as well? Yeah, that's right. So it's a it's a trailer together with skeleton punks uh, and the terabots uh, that feature, and so it's in the wastelands of the west, so dystopia region that is taken over by skeleton punks. And that's that big sort of looming pharaoh looking skeleton punk uh, you see, I think, towards the end of the trailer. That was perfect timing because, as you said it, that was what was showing on my screen. Um, Okay, (laughs) let's let's talk practical things for a second. And what I'll do is also open up the floor. I can see that we've got some uh, really good quality NFT mines in the building. Uh, so I'll open up the floor for questions in a second. But as far as mint date, price, numbers, et cetera, what do people need to know? Yeah, for sure. I think um, the starting point is that all of our alpha, all of our announcements, uh, we post on Twitter and Discord, and Discord gets it first. So just make sure to join us there. On the mint date, we're going to be minting on Luart on the 8th of May. We haven't released uh, the supply and mint price yet. But um, we're doing something pretty interesting with the whitelists. So all Genesis holders, Dystope AI Genesis holders, will get a whitelist allocation. Um, And then also people that hold the monthly morphs that this Genesis NFT creates every month, they also get a whitelist spot as well. Um, So that's just some of the utility that we're extending to our Genesis NFT holders. Um, And so that's, you know, two ways that you can get a whitelist. The other way is through community whitelisting, and that's by being active on our Discord, uh, on Twitter, or through you know a number of giveaways we're going to do with partners as well. So we're going to release the exact mechanics about that just because we're doing things a little differently uh, over the next few days, uh, and you know, aiming for at the end of next week uh, to come out with uh, a bit more alpha and some more uh, information about things like our moth defenders more sneak peeks of cool defenders with weapons and things like that uh, together with, you know, some more concrete details like, you know, mint price or quantity and things like that. Fantastic. That's good to know about the Genesis, Collect- Genesis Collection whitelist. Obviously, I've got myself uh, some Genesis whitelist collection and I've not, I've still not actually ever morphed. So just to, just for a complete noob question, but uh I'm going to morph. Do I do that on Lua? And if I morph now or before the the uh, mint date, that will that be enough time to be uh, get an extra whitelist spot for that? Yeah. So unfortunately, our next monthly morph is opening up on the first of May. Uh, so you won't be able to get uh, that before the mint. 
Uh, so where it usually happens, uh, just in case anyone's listening or in case you're curious for next time, uh, is on the on our Discord page. Uh, so we have a monthly morph section for holders and from the first to the fifth of each month, uh, we open it up where you can create different morphs with our AI uh, and have them airdropped as an NFT. Um, but you can also pick one up um, on Luart. So, you know, other people's monthly morphs because uh, they're released as collections on Luart. Um, and activity has been going pretty crazy. Like we had some sales of these things that our Genesis NFTs create of like 20 Luna. We, you know, have seen some just in the past few days of like, you know, one to two Luna, uh, and they regularly trade at like at least half a Luna. So yeah, these Genesis NFTs, I see a lot of projects, you know, doing yield bearing plays or things like that, but you know, people are actually selling their creations every month, um, for a good amount of money. And, uh, yeah, these, these monthly morph NFTs that Mm -hmm. only Genesis holders can create will also have unique utility with the defenders as well. So we're building out a whole ecosystem um, and it's something where, you know, for people new to our, to our universe, defenders are a great entry point. But if you're a Genesis holder as well, um, there's still lots of exciting news uh, for you. And uh, yeah, the ecosystem we're building is really thought out in that way. Love that. Yeah, I've just I've found the Dystope AI Monthly Morphs Season 1 collection on Luart now. I'm just having a scroll through. Love it. I love everything about this. Um, what I'll do is, as I said, I'll open up the floor. So Edwin, my my man who's behind the scenes on the Orbital Command account, he is a NFT wizard. I'm sure that he's listened to this conversation and probably has some questions of his own. So just checking in with you there, Edwin. Is there anything that you'd like to bring to the table? Yeah, yeah. I actually spoke with uh, Uncle Davo uh, a day ago, I believe, uh, through One Planet, but um, so far, I, I feel like I definitely understand a lot of what you guys are doing. And uh, I think what, what's most exciting to me is your conversation in regard to making your your NFTs being able to expand across different blockchains. And I feel like you guys building on top of Terra and Terra being known for, for UST, right? A decentralized stablecoin. And our goal, our mission, being able to use UST in the real world setting and in all other blockchains as well. I feel like your project matches so good with the vision of UST. So I just wanted to see if that was kind of something that you guys thought about in the beginning when you chose to build on top of Terra. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Terra just has this effect where once you discover it, you go down the rabbit hole and you're like, wait, this is true. This is amazing. And you just want to spread the word. And, you know, there are different ways to do it. Like I shield it to my friends and family. <laughs> I started like Discord uh, groups where I was like explaining different protocols and like would join friends doing the same thing. But, you know, NFTs are actually an amazing way to get people to care about DeFi, to care about crypto. I mean, UST, I think. You know, I can definitely see a world, and I believe in a world in which UST is the backbone of Web three. Like, it's really important to have this like decentralized money for a decentralized world. And so, for sure, for sure, I think these defenders will get people interested in Terra. 
Um, we already have people coming over from other blockchains interested and already have people, um, you know, not just other NFT projects on Terra, but DeFi protocols and other builders that are really sort of taking notice and are sort of seeing how we're doing things differently. So 100%, like when we first started out, Terra was the obvious choice because we believed in the longevity, the, the longevity of the DeFi ecosystem on Terra of UST. And so, you know, we're just so blessed to work in something that really aligns with our personal values, aligns with something we think that will grow um, to be huge, um, all while, you know, working on our individual pursuits. So, Mikachu, you can just hear the passion in his voice when he talks about the technology and the AI. Um, for me, I'm really passionate about Web3 and sort of expanding those ideals um, through NFTs as well. And so it's just, it's just really beautiful. Yeah, I definitely hear that from you guys. And, and I think that that's the fun part of uh, building in Web3, right? That you're, you guys are able to explore your imagination and use your skills to the best of your abilities because um, right now you're breaking a bunch of barriers right and you're testing and you're trying out and you're doing collaborations and you're getting more ideas from that so uh, i can definitely hear that from you guys and it's one of the reasons why you know we love having these amas with different projects so we can learn as well um you know one comment that we had yesterday when we were having an AMA with Fan Fury, somebody from the listeners came up and they were like, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, like shilling these different projects, you know, you guys shouldn't be doing that as a validator. But in our eyes, we like, this is for the community. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to be transparent. We're trying to put you guys in in the hot seat in, in a sense, right? Because anybody that has questions can come up here and, and ask you. Um, but for us, it's just about curiosity. You know, uh, we want to know what, creators are building what nft projects what DeFi projects are making and and have questions right and, and introduce you guys to the to the community um that way you guys can get more exposure and um people can support the ideas that they believe in uh, but uh, with that being said just another question that i had uh was in regard to your your genesis collection and um just how has that community from that initial genesis collection then moving on to the morphs and now moving on to um the defenders like how has that experience been for you guys kind of managing the conversations and and uh, sh and sharing your roadmap and what's coming up coming up uh, I i'm curious about that if you have anything to say in regard to your community yeah i'll firstly like i mean super kind words from you uh so i'll quickly address um something you touched on and that's just, you know, what you guys are doing as a, as a validator, but then a source for education. I think validating or validators are so crucial to the Terra ecosystem and, you know, really requires a lot of community engagement, really requires a lot of passion. And so, you know, to work on the education side, as you guys are doing, um, really, I think, fits in with that vision, um, which is why, you know, we also love chatting to you guys and, you know, especially with TDX coming up, shout outs to that, um, which we're all going to as well. Um, you know, super keen to connect with all these creators. Like we're just so lucky to have so many great builders and talented people in the space. And so spaces like these events like TDX um, really help us all 
move forward together. Um, in regards to your point around sort of managing the conversation with our holders, you know, first of all, we're super lucky to have a really creative, talented bunch of community members. And I think, you know, the way our project is designed is to like, you know, allow people to harness their creativity, be supported by technology to create beautiful things. So, you know, we're super lucky with the community we have. I think, you know, in terms of practical things we've done, you know, because it has been a really warm, positive, excited reception to the defenders, some things we've done are like, for example, you know, hint like what we're planning at, but then also, you know, make explicit sometimes like this is what we're going to do, um, you know, through our comics, like invite people on a journey and don't just lay it on you know, lay it on people just all at once, even though that's fine. I think there's an element of managing expectations. There's an element of, you know, getting people ready and warmed up and excited, but then also being open to feedback as well. Like we're so lucky with our team of mods too, um, who were all sourced from the community. So we're all really active community members before they came mo became mods. Like to ask them about their feedback and really be open to change. Like, um, you know, Rosie, Mikachu and myself, um, you know, we'll post things to the mods and ask for feedback. Uh, and then, you know, certain times we've changed things completely based on their feedback, um, just to make sure that we're delivering something that the community can value um, and appreciate. And so likewise, you know, in our Discord, um, always take on feedback sometimes reach out to holders directly in the DMs if they raise a particular point that's interesting to us. And, um, yeah, it just means, you know, it, you know, it, it's hard, right, for a new project um, to start out or to do a fresh mint. But we're so confident about the Defenders just because of the community we have behind us and also the community we're building. Like the AR competition saw more of that creativity uh, that we're so excited about. So. Yeah, that's a long, long answer. But yeah, to answer your question just shortly again, I think it's bringing community on the journey at all times and being open uh, to feedback and new ideas that's really positioned us for success. Yeah, yeah. And to agree with you, um, my comment there is just that that's the beautiful part of building in Web3, right? That your community does have a say in what you guys are creating because ultimately they are invested as well, right? So your success depends on their uh, their ideas as well. It's a, it's a whole circle, right? The, the more that they contribute and uh, the, the more that they think about how is um, these new ideas, these new collections, how are they going to benefit the whole desktop AI brand? Uh, because ultimately the, the goal is like you're saying, just expand even beyond Terra and be able to create um, in, in different blockchains and have in real world um, utility and different things like that. So, so I think that's the fun part as well um, to explore, you know, your community and with the mods too, they definitely, uh, they're, they're the biggest supporters, right? Uh, because they're actually in the, in the trenches every day, they're answering questions. They're, they're the ones that are uh, being tagged and pinged all the time uh, about, you know, certain things. And so we, we have a, a really good group of mods as well in, in our Discord. And we have Jay in here, which uh, is one of our mods for the Terra Invest Strategy Discord. And he's always bringing 
um, some information in regard to NFTs, but we have a bunch of others. We have six in total, um, and they started from the community as well. They initially, when we first opened our Discord, we had a rush of people come in and we identified the, the people that were actually answering questions and we brought them in and that's how Jay uh, Jay got into that. So anyways, yeah, I think it, I think that's the fun part in the in building here that you identify people that put in the effort that are curious in their own way and they contribute. And uh, at the end of the day, they, they um, you know, they're, they want to be part of uh, building as well, right? And uh, supporting your ideas, your vision, your creativity. Uh, and helping you guys pivot into something that might be better for your community. I think that's a, a huge contribution. Yeah. I mean, you've hit on so many important points there and hundred percent agree. Like I think community is the backbone of anything that happens in web three. And so, yeah, we just see ourselves as helping to enable um, what our community envisions with the, you know, the law we've created with the tech that we've created you know, and so we started to do that with the comics, like having community shape law. And, you know, now even with these 3D models we're creating, they're going to be able to customize them. So I'm I'm really keen to keep this at the core of Dystope. We all are. And we've planned that from the beginning. Like this is the essence of what we do. It's enabling creativity in Web3 with the use of technology and you know we did it with ai we're doing it now with ai and 3d and ar and everything but you know that'll keep growing um and we're so excited to have a really creative dedicated hungry community behind us for that yeah fantastic i think what i'll do here is just open up the uh floor again and just say hey anyone that is listening that might have some questions if there's anything that's popped up please don't hesitate to uh let us know jump up and ask away while we've got the guys from dystope ai on the call for the next uh 10 minutes here <clears throat> um while that's happening if anyone's going to jump up while that's happening i just want to mention that i'm scrolling through obviously the competition the ar competition that you've run um you're celebrating you're giving out prizes uh of hellcats whitelist was that right a hellcats whitelist how's that work out yeah so the hellcats uh have come up with a new collection that's launching in just a few days uh, i think it's like four days which are the hellhounds um ah. and these are super super hard to get a hold of um but we're close friends with the guys there now like we've partnered with them since before they minted um you know last year and so we've, you know, received a big allocation. So we've shortlisted a few entries and uh, have uh, dispersed a number of Hellhounds whitelists. We actually uh, were on a Twitch stream doing marble races and trivia to uh, give away some Hellhounds whitelists as well. And we'll um, be doing another Twitch stream tonight to give away some other goodies. But yeah, I mean, it, it's really great, especially because we're using AI and can deliver so much to projects in the way of collabs. Uh, we get huge allocations of whitelists to give to our holders, um, which is another benefit of uh, being a Dystope AI community member. Being part of the Dystope community name, is it like, you know, the Dystope Destroyer or oh, Defenders? That would make no sense. <laughs> it would make sense to be the Defenders. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Like we had dystopians at one point, you know, before we made the Defenders public. But uh, I think you're right. I think Defenders, uh, you know, pretty catchy. It has the alliteration as well. Pretty nifty. Um, So, yeah, I think it might just have to be the Defenders uh, post-mint. I'm a big fan. Hey, I've just noticed that we've got Mullet, who's up here as a speaker. So, Mullet, jump on, mate. Have a uh, have a chat. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for inviting me up. Um, yeah, lovely to to hear your builder voice. I'm definitely feeling like the developer, the maker, the creator in you, and it's really nice to have that kind of energy in a project. I'm a game designer myself, and come from a deep sort of creative background in live events and festivals and things like that. So, yeah. It's, I think it's a perfect space. I've got a, a couple of questions if we've got time, but we'll go one at a time. Um, I guess when we p- talk about the metaverse, and that's why I really love the idea of this uh, interoperability and storylines, you know, between you, Skeleton Punks, and a, and a bunch of other people getting together to tell a story. Because for me, that's what Web3 and the metaverse is. It's all about the singular membrane that wraps everything together. So yeah, it's really, first of all, just exciting to see that storyline, not only going cross-chain, but even just cross-project is really cool. And it just feels like such an obvious place for DeFi, for investors, for, it's almost like you can see multiple timelines. And it's the way that Ethereum in many ways kind of mimicked early Bitcoin behavior. And now we can see where NFTs and DeFi and Dev with DApps has gone and Ethereum. And I'm feeling like, you know, Terra and Luna is therefore on an alternate timeline where we're going to catch up and we're going to be that similar kind of flourishing NFT space. But I guess the first question is just around that, you know, as a developer, as a builder, looking at what's happened in Ethereum uh, with both the games and the, the NFTs. Like, what do you think is the next evolution in Terra uh, and with, your, of course, UST and Lunar and the Lunatics? Yeah, it's really interesting. And the way you describe it as an alternative time, alternate timeline uh, is sort of our mental model as well. Like, I think for sure in some ways, you know, we're definitely quite early to the game in Terra. Like, it's only really been a few months since NFTs have really boomed and taken, um, taken root. Um, but there are some really interesting nuances to the Terra community as well. I think just, you know, Terra as a blockchain is not as US centric as Ethereum and the others might be sometimes. Um, so even in the style of art, like things look different. Um, there are subtle nuances there. But also, I think the connection to DeFi that's on Terra and the fact that most people buying Terra NFTs are DeFi native first and NFT users second a lot of the time. Um, which means that projects can do really interesting things with DeFi. I think, you know, something that Terra projects do really well is, you know, for example, integrating with DeFi like the Galactic Punks have done uh, with their validator or, you know, what Lunables have done uh, through staking and partnering with Broker and things like that. Um, You know, that's definitely something we have that uh, Ethereum doesn't. I think the other thing that's really interesting is, you know, the way we're collaborating. Um, You know, it's quite organic. There are like airdrops and things like that that happen pretty regularly. Um, And, you know, as a builder now, it's still pretty early and, you know, quite, uh, you know, a small pool of projects it feels like at the moment. So we're all building something big together. I think it's really interesting, like how things will progress in the future, as your question sort of asked, Um, you know, looking at Ethereum, 
there are a bunch of things happening. Like, you know, there have been some great play to earn games and really compelling metaverses that NFTs are a part of, uh, which is why we focused on interoperability first and foremost. I think, you know, there's a risk with projects developing their own games and, you know, metaverses in that, you know, it's a huge amount of technical talent that's required and also resources. And if that crashes, then your whole NFT project crashes with it. And so interoperability um, is, you know, really what we're focusing on um, and, yeah, what we're excited by. I think the other thing to mention, though, uh, is on the play to earn space, you know, the recent news of uh, C2X raising, I think, 25 mil or something um, to build games on Terra. So this is like a huge Korean games publisher um, that's, you know, raising an obscene amount of money to come and build here. Um, makes me feel quite bullish about um, play to earn and like even just institutional investment uh, into the Terra ecosystem. And then I think, you know, as you alluded to as well, the cross-chain partnerships we're building, you know, especially with Avalanche now, um, which Do Kwan as well hinted at um, in an AMA he did, um, really, really make me feel excited about Terra and just as you're saying, like, it's an alternative timeline, um, alternate timeline rather, but like, there are some nuances that can really see Terra NFTs explode. I think, you know, to sum it up, like connections to DeFi, how collaborative it is. Um, and then also, you know, that, that, that collaborative nature, not just within projects, but across blockchains and even building infrastructure across, uh, across blockchains too. Um, have me really excited and that enables things like play to earn games or you know um you know nfts that are interoperable in more places and so i really hope that you know the defenders we're creating ushers in um sort of this accepted like the more acceptance of like you know it's okay to not promise a game um or it's okay to not promise your own metaverse because Let's face it, a lot of the time, those games or metaverses are subpar. Um, and so I want to see more interoperability um, and, and collaboration in the future. Yeah, nice. Thanks for that. And yeah, definitely wink at Dr. Doscoin and uh, Edwin and Orbital when you mentioned the, th the fact that Terra uh, often DeFi heads first and that if your metaverse crashes, then all the NFTs crash as well. We've been having similar discussions uh, recently about games. And I guess to dovetail off that idea of this metaverse like i think of a brand say for example like disney so disney is a whole universe they've got interoperable characters in some contexts they've got gaming movies a whole disneyland irl space etc what do you think the web3 version of a legacy brand like that is i know like gary v is building a similar kind of idea he said oh, i'm going to be the next you know the web3 walt disney and so i guess there's a two-pronged question is what are the signature features of a brand being like the Web3 Disney? Um, and what does that mean for a metaverse? And then the second part to the question is about the community. Like what's the future of a community? You mentioned kind of the community engagement. And obviously at the moment we have things like Twitter spaces that we're doing now and Discord. But for me, they're still somewhat lacking as far as feeling like I'm having an immersive experience. And you know, I come from an immersive theater background. So I'm all about someone being a participant in a universe any ideas on how to level up the community feel and engagement beyond like a Discord server? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting um, how we've all sort of defaulted to Discord. Like it's sort of a legacy platform. I mean, it was built for gaming in Web2. Um, but it's interesting how we've all defaulted there. I think bots um, and sort of being able to build on top of it, uh, of Discord, you know, has made it sort of a almost Band-Aid solution. But imagine if something happened to Discord, like what would happen to a lot of these um, NFT projects, given that a lot of the utility is just token gating different channels on Discord. Um, so I, I definitely agree that there has to be something else um, that brings people in. Um, to your point around, um, you know, what the Disney equivalent uh, in Web3 might be, I'm not sure. It's still early days. I think what Yuga Labs is doing um, is super, super interesting, especially buying out CryptoPunks and, you know, giving holders commercial rights and IP rights. Like, I think that's, um, you know, a great step forward and like a really uh, symbolic step. Um, you know, Yuga Labs has went straight to the metaverse play. And so that's a very Disney-esque thing. I think, you know, similar to Disney, I think it's having memes or these really um, culturally significant characters building multiple things around them. So, you know, metaverses, yes, but then also, um, you know, movies, TV shows, merchandise and things like that. So they organically um, build sort of this symbolic value in, in pop culture and have this cultural cachet. Um, so I think, yeah, the Walt Disney of Web3, um, you know, will probably have a range of different characters and projects and things like that. Um, focusing really on storytelling and, you know, organically building um, cultural, cultural value. Um, but, yeah, I think what it looks like is really interesting, particularly considering, you know, the tenets of uh, decentralization in Web3 and, you know, how community can really influence these projects and how things develop as well. Um, you know, make it interesting and not something that um, you can really draw parallels to. So really excited. I mean, I would love some type of Disneyland equivalent for NFTs. Um, you know, maybe TDX is a sneak peek of that. Uh, we'll have some AR defenders and AR scavenger hunts going on there. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm super keen. Like, I think the questions you've asked have really hit the essence of what we're excited about. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a cliche now, but it definitely is still early. Um, and we're definitely keen um, to to contribute really meaningfully to um, building out Web three and and you know this technology. Amazing, thank you. Um, I want to be sensitive to time as well, Doctor Doss. Um, if I should step down, I'll hand over to you. I've got one more question, more of a technical AI question, but also want to be sensitive to the fact that we just clicked over to the hour. How should we run? Yeah. You're, you're a good man there, uh, Mr. Mullet. Let's do one question and let's see if we can have it. Uh, answered within the next sort of three to five minutes because there's some TDX work that's got to be done after this call. Absolutely, yeah. So I guess my, my final question, obviously, it's desktop VR or AI. It's all about the AI. And, you know, I'm really fascinated by the humanity that we'll find when we're trying to design a sentient life form. And when I look at AI, you know, top level, there's so many functions for that. I look at, obviously, visual pattern recognition, which is done with a lot of this generative art that's coming out at the moment, which is which is awesome, which is cool. Um, obviously, AI can do amazing simulations. They can do, like, a thousand different timelines and see the 
ramifications of certain actions through simulation. There's that emotional connection perfectly depicted in that movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix, which I think is really fascinating on the psychology in, in, in some countries. I think in Japan, it's massive to have this sort of robot uh, or some kind of AI uh, artificial life form who's like a companion of some kind. Um, obviously, with crypto, you've got trading bots. And I'm a, I'm a game designer, so I also think of the idea of automa- uh, automation of NPC characters in-game. And so the question is really, seeing as though AI is a key part of the game, um, what are the other avenues um, of the human interaction, metaverse, and just gaming in general that you're really ex- most excited about? Hey, Mick Drew here. I'll uh, take take this one on the AI side. That's a really great question, and I really like the way the your kind of list there of the different ways that um, AI is already being used and stuff related to this space. Um, I would, I'd add a add a couple of quick thoughts. So first, the definition of AI is actually like a weird conversation in itself, right? Like the the AI tools and ways that we using things we call AI today, uh, not that related to the ideas of kind of artificial general intelligence um, that's more like what you see um, in the movie Her or lots of other sci-fi. Um, and uh, my, my general view is that that sort of AGI stuff is still a long way off um, and that what the next while is going to be dominated by is far more about kind of using the t- techniques of machine learning to do stuff that's very hard to do with computers and uh, if you if you don't have those tools. So stuff where writing code to do it we really hard, but when we can have the computers learn from data and kind of um, develop the program themselves, basically, we can open up tons of opportunity for stuff. Um, I th- I think that broadly... AI is going to be critical to making the kind of more immersive experiences that we've been talking about on this call. So as we move from a world where looking back further than pre-AI, like pre-computers, where we had to create everything manually, then we had computers to assist creating things, and now we can have AI take that computer assistance to the next level, I think it supercharges the ability of people to create things and it means that we can just create more and create more custom experiences so to make to make that real like i imagine a world where we have ai generated metaverses um so that you we you don't have to design a a single kind of world that everyone is in and that we can have kind of freely flowing worlds that um generate themselves um and i'm and i see that eventually coming out of um, some of the stuff that's being done with AI art and getting that to be better and better over time. And then some of the stuff like some of NVIDIA's latest research on turning um, kind of images into full 3D models that you can move through. It's just absolutely crazy. And you combine some of these threads together and then you can imagine that the, the amount that a single human creator will be able to create with these AI tools in the future is just unimaginable compared to what you have to do when you have to create every single piece manually. Um, so I think that's the that's the vision I have for where we end up with AI um, in this kind of metaverse world storytelling NFT kind of space. Um, where what the way AI changes the world in every other kind of way, uh, I think that's beyond the scope of this conversation because there are just unlimited ways that you can think about the way our world's going to change.
Beautiful. Thanks so much. Thanks for the time on the stage as well, Dr. Dosquan. I'll hand over to you. And All yeah, good. It's been so great to chat. Thank you for the question. It's really an interesting. Individual chat. Uh, imagination can bring a world to life. Yeah. Thanks for the time. Thank you for those thought provoking questions, my friend. And thank you to the Distop AI crew, Uncle Davo and Mikachu, for jumping on the call today. You certainly left my brain spinning at the end there. I had a very big matrix moment when you mentioned about artificial intelligence, AI created metaverses, and AI created worlds. And then I just, I started thinking about. I was like, man, I'm in an AI created world. I am. <laughs> this is this is the simulation, and this is anyway. I just I went deep <laughs> for a second. Um, so thank you for for that. But um, most of all, thank you for all the work that you're doing. You are leading the space uh, when it comes to AI, NFTs on Terra. Um, and I'm looking forward to meeting you both in the team. I, I'm not sure how many people you're bringing with you, but um, I'm looking forward to meeting the team that do come to TDX in Texas. We'll have a good week there, I'm sure. And I'm sure that you're going to have a great week uh, this week doing all of your in real life work together. Yeah, we totally are. Thanks. Um, and it's all three of us coming to TDX, so we're super excited to meet you and everyone else is who, who's going to be there. Um, thanks so much for having us on. Um, it's going to be a crazy next couple of weeks for the Disturb AI universe. We're so excited for meeting defenders on May 8 and taking the next step toward leading and storytelling and taking advantage and everything in Terra NFTs. It's going to be a great time. 100%. I'll be meeting myself a defender on May 8th. And I've also just uh, jumped into the Discord channel to start doing some monthly morphs. So anyone who's listening who's not already doing that, feel free to do the same thing. In the meantime, I wish you all well. Thank you for spending time with us today. And we'll be talking again in the near future. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Have a good afternoon. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Dystope AI, recorded on Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpace is a Appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role. Sorting through support. From your endorsements, of course, we're tripping balls, hand it reports it. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view. Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good. So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big 
thinking energy always gets the best of me when I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes. Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch. Oh shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed. Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash. Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch. Better let the missus know where you hit the stash. Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps. Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines. And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies. Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise. Chastised into digging holes in the back nine. The latest proof ain't a way to move. Change the view, just a bunch of pecker heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good. So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Tell the spaces.